A Korean mockbuster of the most famous American kaiju of all time is rushed through production in two months to beat a big-budget remake to market. Find out about the legal straits and what the TV show Growing Pains has to do with it this week on Kaiju vs. History 8. Welcome back to Kaiju versus History. Uh, this is a blink and you miss it snake attack. Patrick, and joining me is an obviously stoned merchant marine, Miles. I wish I was stoned right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this this movie and uh, Super Inferman are uh, any kind of mind alteration. If you can have some alcohol or <laughs> or drugs, yeah, but see, like Superman, I'm going to enjoy regardless. <laughs> I I don't even think being stoned is going to help me with this one. Yeah, yeah, we're talking, of course, about Ape, <laughs> the movie Ape. And, such, a, uh, such an evocative title, you know. Ape. Well, it's yeah, that that's uh maybe one of the worst titles, and we'll talk about that. But I, Miles, I just want to say before we get into this one, I know you dislike King Kong, but what if I told you that the rest of the 1970s has not one, not two, not three, but four furry kaiju films around 1976's De Laurentiis King Kong's release kind of mockbusters and, and and films playing on the potential success of that movie. What if I told you not only we get to watch, I think five King Kong esque movies total, but this one isn't the worst of them. <laughs> I, I would, I would say that we should look into a, a designated host that I can, <laughs> I can just tap in a, um, a, a, a pinch podcaster a pinch hitter if, if if you are on the cosmic crit discord and in the kaiju versus history channel you probably have heard patrick and i go back and forth on whether these giant monkey movies are indeed kaiju films i tend to think they are not now this one weirdly enough i can see some leeway <laughs> that's crazy i uh, this um, movie who not because it's good because who boy i mean spoiler alert this movie is the hottest of garbage <laughs> but there is i mean partially the gigantic angle it's not just big monk it's like this thing is the size i mean of godzilla you know this it, is a godzilla sized monkey it varies and, in size between i think they say like 40 feet at one point somewhere in there to showing it in scale being like 200 feet tall. Yeah. It's, like it's got that King Kong syndrome where you don't know how uh, tall he is. Right. I mean, obviously these people somehow don't understand how measurement works, but there's also like a element of like, the, all right, before we get into any of this, Patrick, <laughs> what, what, what's in a title? Ape Miles, do you know that this film is not just an acronym? It's also an initialism. Yes, it's variously stylized with asterisks between the A, P, and E, which means that it is an initialism of three words that makes up a word that sounds like ape. Ape, A P E. Unfortunately, this is using the same acronym logic as Calvin and Hobbes' gross 
clubhouse g-r-o-s-s get rid of slimy girls and the the last s is from girls uh is the is the s supposedly one of the producers when asked said ape stands for attacking primate monster the e in monster <laughs> the- I, I was i was gonna say i want that producer t- to spell monster for me <laughs> <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. Appum is what i'm seeing this released in South Korea as King Kong's Great Counterattack. <laughs> so the the legal troubles begin immediately. Miles. I, I mean, I I want you to the, the one redeeming quality of this movie is the 1982 Grindhouse title. Oh, don't spoil it. We I save that one towards the end. <laughs> this was yeah re released in, in the U.S. as Attack of the Giant Horny Gorilla and. There's a title for you. There's something you can sink your teeth into, get get swirl it around your mouth, get the mouthfeel of, and it just so perfectly encapsulates how bad and how also kind of entertaining parts of this movie are. And that doesn't undersell or oversell really what's happening. <laughs> so, I mean, we're going to talk about that in just a second. Before we get further, mm-hmm. tell us what is the film's tagline? The tagline is, I think there were a couple, which there's a there's a big one. You have it in bold. Oh, I I probably put it in the notes somewhere. Yeah. Uh, The film's tagline was not to be confused with King Kong. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure that's what they didn't want to happen all over the world. This movie was. In South Korea, you know, of course, called King Kong's Great Counterattack. In Turkey, it was under Super King Kong, New King Kong in Russia. So they were using that that name all over the place. King Kong Revenant in in Canada didn't didn't really help this movie out. It did. It, it came out in I believe July in. Um, of 1976 in South Korea and would get localized very quickly and come to the U S two months before the King Kong remake. (laughs) I've just realized how many more movies we have before King Kong actually comes out in this, uh, our, our podcasts chronological watching of it. Oh boy. Yeah. I'm, but yeah, so looking forward to that. They, they originally released I think the the title that they were working as as a, a Super Kong or, or New Kong kind of thing and were very quickly brought suit by <laughs> RKO, who still own King Kong's rights. Uh, yeah. So they <laughs> they filed suit suit. Uh, yeah, originally they changed it to Super Ape and then Ape when it was coming to the the U.S., and added the not to be confused with King Kong tagline afterwards. So I, I don't know how maybe they got the script, but like elements of the plot kind of line up with the the actual King Kong remake. Like he was transported on a oil tanker in that movie, wasn't he? It's been a while since I've seen so. That. So, I mean, it's like, I can understand why. Uh, Miles, what happens in this movie? <laughs> so, I mean, the, the movie starts off kind of in Medius Race. Like, the King Kong movie already happened. It's This boat is shipping the giant ape to Disneyland. 
Yeah, it's so ridiculous. Like, so all the capturing of this ape we don't see or hear about. They just have him in the the oil tanker. Uh, obviously, at, right after the conversation about how they have enough gas to keep that thing knocked out for five days, big explosion happens, and somehow a giant ape, infinitely larger than the boat, kind of explodes out of the boat. Well, it seems like yeah, they they just don't do a good job matching up the scale of the very obvious toy boat in the previous shot because it looks <laughs> like because they go from showing the boat to just showing him standing in like the same water <laughs> it looks like he just is like 10 times larger than the boat <laughs> it's just and terrible filmmaking the non-acting in that scene is I'm telling you, that actor was stoned out of his gourd. <laughs> it's terrible. I mean, even reading. when they curse, like like when when the boat's about to sink, it. it I mean, it, <laughs> it sounds like the man who could not be bothered. Yeah, and yeah, as soon as he doesn't really have a name in the movie, does he? The ape in question. No. Yeah, they they can't call him Kong. I think in the film, but he has a very lethargic. I think someone references King Kong a couple oh, times, though. I think they they do, but maybe they don't call him specifically that. They're like, oh, this Kong is on the loose, you know, like a a kind of Kong. Uh, he has a very lethargic fight with a obviously dead shark. Uh, what must be like a megalodon because it is like sixty feet long. It's huge. Yeah, even compared to him, it's painful and yeah. so the first 10 minutes because they're so bad because this off also the ape suit is awful the suit actor is clearly inebriated um <laughs> and then it's just like swaying with this i guess dead shark or at least oh, uh, no it's definitely dead because there's zero movement well, no, they, just, either, they either, went to either, like it's either a dead shark or like a, a passable like fake one Oh no! Um, I think it's I think that's definitely a, a real shark. Uh, but it, that that's that's worse for me. And it doesn't that, count as that animal. Kills this movie even more. It doesn't count as animal cruelty if the shark is already dead. Like I think they went. Yeah, to how how that shark get that way? A fisherman and just bought a shark like people would mm. have you know eaten <laughs> and uh and used it for their their film that, anyway, that is the such fight a... is him basically swaying this thing as if as if it's slow dancing with it. It's yeah. Awful. And and, and awful, in awful, a awful. medium shot too, so there's no like, oh well, maybe the shark's tail is moving off screen. No, it's just you can see very painfully that the the shark is not moving at all. Yeah, so you think this this what we're describing would be kind of an exciting introduction? It is uh, it is pretty <laughs> pretty bad. Well, I, and what's funny is like the first ten minutes, I'm like, oh gosh, this is so awful, and I was giggling to myself, and then it's like. Oh wait, the movie hasn't started yet, and there's more of it, and yeah, that's like, when the dread sets in. An hour and ten more minutes after that intro, and literally did not enjoy a single frame after that. The shark is almost as big as the ape on the the poster, <laughs> Miles. That was like a big part of the the promotion for the film, and that that fight is over in like a minute. There's also yeah. a, a poster where he's got the the giant snake. Do you remember the giant snake in the movie? I mean, I, it must be giant because it like is you know equivalent size to the the ape in question. No, <laughs> well, there's like a thirty second fight where this 
<laughs> snake jumps off of what is also like a giant tree, <laughs> you know, like a mm-hmm. 60 foot tree. And um, he fights the snake and throws that at the camera and the camera jostles <laughs> when that yeah, happens. So is a, this is very this, much blink and you miss it. This movie advertises 3D effects and it was shot. Scenes of it were shot in 3D. Oh, it's painfully obvious that things were supposed <laughs> to be in 3D because as many reused shots are remixed into the thing where an arrow is firing at the camera or someone's gun barrel is going at the camera or oh, the my, my throws a rock at the camera. My favorite is when they they just like cut to some guys playing pool, like the third f- floor of a of an apartment, and the the camera is like lined up right with the pool cue, and he's like very <laughs> meticulously moving the pool cue just in and out towards the camera. <laughs> I, I love those shots. I, I, is it Friday the Thirteenth Part Three that has like yes. some? Re- really egregious 70s 3d uh, scenes like mm-hmm. let me let me play with this yo-yo in front of the camera Whoa. oh yeah it uh, i mean so three is the only 3d one and it's uh, it's shame. pretty egregious as well i think it was advertised as friday 13th part 3d yeah unfortunately those Effects aren't really available anymore. I don't think in any version of this film, but I don't think you're missing much. Oh, uh, we do no. know that it was shot in 3D because the the 3D camera that they used to shoot those scenes is in the film. The The filmmakers are using in the film within the film. <laughs> um, so if you are interested in what 3D cameras looked like back then, that's the one that they were using to shoot the the film. That's hard. That makes it very confusing. But <laughs> they shot that camera when they weren't using it. That was like also their prop. Oh boy, Miles, where do we go from here? Uh, supposedly, um, this this the the production budget was twenty three thousand dollars in total, and only twelve hundred of that was on special effects. I can't believe that because that is impossibly small you know i mean considering the i mean what that was in the 70s and how awful everything looks that sounds about right i mean at the very least the the buildings and things that they constructed they looked like they would be a little more than than that i mean there's not a ton of those kind of special effects but they don't look awful they don't look they don't look they don't look great either (laughs) That is a good point. Um, but if that is if that is the case, this movie had one one thousandth the budget of the King Kong remake, which was just like, you know, 20 million dollars or something huge. Oh, <laughs> like I mean, and, I mean, you can see that on the screen. I mean, everything about this movie is is certainly cheap. And there's also the the prospect they might have had as, assets they could have used and either paid for with stock footage or, you know, used miniatures that were already done um there's there's a lot of other things they could have possibly done to achieve some of the stuff and they also recycled a lot of their shots (laughs) yeah there's definitely some padding in in that respect the quote-unquote plot of the film also between our our main characters tom rose and the the actress Marilyn Baker, who comes to Korea to to shoot a film with like it seems like a lot of rape scenes. They they, they talk about that one yeah. scene a great deal. But she's played by Joanna D. Verona, who would go on to become Joanna Kearns of Growing Pains fame. 
And I think I read something about how they they joshed her, I think, on set one time with someone in a, a monkey suit because this is her film debut. <laughs> I mean, ape. yes, if you were involved in this movie, you deserve the jo- the joshing. <laughs> uh, she had, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> she's had a, a very successful career, and this is definitely one of those inglorious starts to to a film career being she still the, works oh yeah yeah she's she's still around being a a dollar version fay ray kind of of character i didn't hate her performance in general there's so much of it that is like voiced over you know dubbed over after the fact where they just so like stock footage of the jeep that they're in or you know her screams while supposedly she's being carried around by the ape those kind of things hurt but when she's with tom rose or in any scenes by herself she's doing a a good job Uh, the the real main characters of this movie though miles are colonel davis and his lieutenant (laughs) that those two characters get so much time in this movie and do so little i know they do almost absolutely nothing but he talks on the phone to generals and you know South Korean officials and things like that. Those parts are so bad that they're good. <laughs> they're just like the least military kind of <laughs> characters. They, oh, they weren't given the, much to do. They have terrible scripts. The whole thing about the cigarette. Oh my goodness! Yeah, boy, howdy. That the, their their interactions. It's like they they tried to do something with those characters, but almost all of their scenes seem like they're super padding for this movie but i i still i found them very fun every time they they came up so yeah glad you had fun <laughs> i did have some fun with this movie it's uh, i might have been under the influence of some substances when i watched it to get through but yeah what i i remember thinking this movie was the mighty gorga because they have kind of similar posters of just like the ape on the cover but yeah I, this I, is at least more watchable than that which is will... saying a whole lot oh no it's much more watchable in, in my opinion but yeah not much in the way of legacy for this film I, I i i beg to ask you if you have a favorite scene i was just gonna get right to the end of the episode <laughs> um yeah i do that one scene where everyone is shooting at the monkey and then he just lets the actress down and for some reason she hasn't gotten shot in this barrage of bullets that seem to be coming from all sides because he protected her miles not when not when he's open palmed and setting her on the ground <laughs> while they're still shooting somehow she hasn't gotten hit by a stray bullet that that scene for whatever reason made me laugh pretty hard i i kind of i'm i'm glad she found her her calling in actual comedy i i but i can't even blame her because the script is so bad she's getting nothing to do and yeah. the the whole story with her and was it tom uh yeah. is is pretty stupid Oh, yeah, most definitely. Supposedly, this movie was given some some reshoots to make it even zanier. And I think maybe some of the music choices they they picked after the fact. The music makes this movie a slog. The the score is just it it feels like void of soul. It feels like they they went to the guy who did the um, Gilligan's Island soundtrack is very kind of like rollicking and maybe supposed to be slightly comedic, but is just bad. <laughs> it's it's, it's awful. 
not much in the way of legacy. This was listed on the John Wilson, the the official Razzie movie guide creator, as one of the 100 most enjoyably bad movies ever made. You might have some opinions about how <laughs> well, much or I mean, little given, given that I think the Razzies are trash, it's not surprising me that John Wilson has a trash opinion. <laughs> In 2014, it makes me so angry. <laughs> in 2014, uh, another director, Won Suk Chin, said he was making a mockumentary based on the making of the film called Ape of Wrath, which sadly didn't happen. But he said, quote, this will be my lifetime dream come true ever since I was as a little kid, saw the posters of apes in the streets of Song Tang, a, a small town near Ozen Air Base. As an eight year old kid, I thought. Ape was the sequel to King Kong, and he was proud Hollywood came to Korea to make a movie. So uh, this just goes to show you that even bad or terrible movies can have people inspired to pick up an acting class or camera or Absolutely. some gaffers tape and, and join in. You know, <laughs> if they can make this movie, then maybe so can I. And that's been that's been the truth since 1933's King Kong all the way to the apex of of kaiju cinema here miles attack of the horny giant gorilla makes sense um i what's your enjoyment your personal enjoyment of this film so i was looking at our 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 rankings and i was trying to figure out how i felt and how i really felt like because I know I've been like eye rolling and stuff. And obviously this movie is below a five. It is not baseline. Good. It's not baseline tolerable. It's not baseline anything. And initially I had given it a three, but our listing for three is regrettable, notably flawed and frustrating and guilt inducing. And I didn't feel guilty for watching it. I felt angry. (laughs) And the, that actually fills up the, what we have set up for, for two. Enraging, wholly deficient, and shameful. <laughs> that's that's about where you you and that is exactly mi- where I stand about this movie. I think this movie Gorga. is it's devoid of soul. It's devoid of any joy that you get from a kaiju movie. Like, yeah, there's somebody in a suit, a terrible suit, terribly acting, and really nothing happens. It's a bad King Kong ripoff, and it's just. A monkey kind of lumbers along for about an hour while everyone loses their marbles about it. <laughs> it gives the finger and dies. It does like, some some property damage. Yeah. Like Packs I just the city. I think I think everything about this movie is truly terrible. I yeah, yes, it is not as torturous to watch as the Mighty Gorga, but it's it's rough. And this is certainly one that I would not willingly watch again. I don't think there's anything really redeeming about the movie except for a gif of the ape giving the finger. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's very gifable. But yeah, I just I really, really disliked this film. I think it was I mean, I don't want to say this because I I'm, I want to save it for another movie that will probably deserve it more. But it's kind of an insult to anyone who's ever had a creative thought. Um, <laughs> it's not that bad. <laughs> It's it's I hate it. I absolutely hate it. It's it's two out of ten. Sorry. It's it is so bad that it it passes into good in some places. For me personally, for my money, if you are looking for a bad kaiju movie, a kaiju exploitation kind of film, this is the best of the worst in the 1970s to to check out once. 
<laughs> probably just the one time. This is certainly no Diagoro versus Goliath, though. Uh, so yeah, I'm giving it. Uh, I, I I dropped my score down. <laughs> I was feeling better about it when when we started. Uh, giving it a five out of ten. Just ugh, okay for the technical. A little less than that. Four out of ten. And yes, Miles, that suit is awful. John Wilson again said it looks more like your grandmother's wool coat than an actual simian. And yes, you can see the actor's skin in many of the scenes and mm-hmm. the the zipper and bits where the costume ends, Miles. Yes. And also, yes, that snake did hit the camera when he threw it at him and they didn't, you know, cut at that part of the, the, the scene. They left it in. And yes, the technicals in this movie are, are bad. They're not terrible. They're they're bad. But yeah, still not as bad as the Mighty Gorga. This is like twice as good as the mighty gorga so i'm giving it a, a four out of ten for for that one it's not dethroning gorga anytime soon <laughs> no i also gave its technical score a four out of ten there are things on screen sometimes they are put together in a shot yeah um i mean i i think i think that this movie certainly doesn't look like gorga where it looked everything looked like it was a bad stage set that i mean there's certainly set pieces and locations and even though they clearly filmed without the right recording equipment in certain open locations there was there was absolutely an effort in in that regard so i i have to give them some credit for for trying that it it certainly it doesn't stoop that low but doesn't mean it's good and the the script terrible as a result almost all of the acting is I mean, non-existent. Well, it, it's exactly what it is. It feels like a Korean script that they gave to American actors, which just like in <laughs> Latitude Zero, it can make for some very, very funny scenes. Yeah, but Latitude Zero is great. Yeah, I actually had good actors in it too. So <laughs> well, then there's also that, but like you you give you give two American actors like this complicated love story which in a better movie could have actually been interesting and three-dimensional yeah we're gonna see that in 1976 king kong a great love story are we though yeah that's very are we well i mean we're gonna see 1976's king kong i that that part i agree what was last Um, time you watched it miles it's a it's a a uh, actually not terribly terribly long ago oh well, but we're, we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves. That's still like a month away. What what about your evocative score for this film? Where is this set as a piece of kaiju art? It's not. So this movie does have a reputation for its badness. That is worth something, I guess. And it's it's certainly one that if you would not, it wouldn't be on your your first list of kaiju movies. Even in the 70s, despite the fact that this one, you know, came out somewhat prolifically at the time because of its litigation and everything, this this movie does, you know, have some sort of footnote in in kaiju history, but it's it's not an important one. It's certainly not leading to anything good in terms of influence. So I'm I'm giving it a three. That's where I landed on it, too, on our scale. It's guilt-inducing. I probably can't watch this one again anytime soon. Like I said, I think I watched it a, a couple years ago, but probably didn't pay it that much attention. Having to watch it all the way through again from the beginning was a little rough. That means your final score is a 3 out of 10. 
right? Yeah. And mine is a four out of 10, but we're, we're going down to a three out of 10 because I didn't rank it any higher. Like I said, I think I originally had it at a, at a five, but our, our podcast final is a three out of 10 for the spot for, for ape, <laughs> just ape miles. I think that's okay. Good. It is. It is still, I would say, much better than Mighty Gorga. I would rather watch this movie twice than Mighty Gorga once. What? But why would you think that that is a uh, the, a, a compliment? <laughs> it's because that's our least favorite movie so far, and this one is not our least favorite. Mm, I guess, but just by the numbers, right? Where where can folks find us if they want to uh, to yell at us for making them watch this movie, Miles? <sighs> if you want to yell at Patrick because he made me watch this movie, even though it's not a kaiju film, you can find us at kaiju versus history at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at kaiju versus history, or you can go to our website kaiju versus history.com. You can also check out our letterbox account kaiju versus history to see all of our reviews and watch our list of films. Please rate and review comment and share with friends. And most importantly, let us know what you think. I would love to, to hear how much people disagree with me on some of these things, because I feel like I, I might be a dis- the odd man out in some of these. Thank you, Patrick. And let people know where what we're doing next week. Oh, thank you, Miles. Uh, we're going to catch you all next time when we take another deep dive into a hard to find, perhaps harder to watch film, another Hong Kong hidden gem. Tune in next time as we dig into history versus war god. Ooh.